I'll just start now recording since we've already been talking. It's no big deal. My listeners right understand I'm not no professional. <laughs> the <laughs> two that I have, <laughs> all two yeah. of them. But now, uh, yeah. Yesterday I was not busy at all. Uh, I woke up. I actually changed the oil in the lawnmower, changed the fuel filter, and all that stuff, and washed it up, and then mowed, and it was filthy again. So, yeah, and then that's done nothing the, else the rest the of the day. <laughs> I think when you sent me a voice message, it almost sounded like you were walking through a forest. So I was, like, I was outside dealing with all that. In your- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right on. That's what we done some yard work yesterday too, but uh, we've been working on installing a uh, garage door opener. And man, that's, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, garage, garage doors yeah. are the most sophisticated pieces of junk you could ever yeah. uh-huh. They're yep. junk. They're just a trap. <laughs> um, yep. Within a week of ours, when we our, we built our house about six years ago, and that was the only thing, and still to this day, the only thing that we have any issues out of with our house is a stupid yeah. garage <laughs> garage door. Yep. It sounds like it's going to blow up every time you turn it on. It sounds like it's going <laughs> to fall down every time it goes down. Yep. It just they're just ours. We got ours up, and it's all. It's, you know, all that's good, but the daggum sensor, something's going on with the sensors. I don't, I put a new one on one side, but it's, it's still acting like the sensors obstructed, but they're, they're seeing each other. So I don't know. I don't know mm. what to do with it. Here's the big question. How many fights did that cause between you and the wife? Surprisingly, not, not just too many. <laughs> <laughs> so when it started off, cause I was like, man, I don't, I hate reading directions, but I'm like, man, I got to read directions because there's a lot going on here. Yeah. And, uh, so she was playing like a video of a guy doing it while I was trying to read. I'm like, dude, you're going to have to turn the video yeah. off. We're going to have to do one or the other. <laughs> so she's like, well, I'm just trying to help. And I'm like, well, <laughs> not really. That always. And now she, yeah. she, she stuck it out and uh, we got it up. And Have you ever put a ceiling fan up with your life? Um, That's probably the worst yeah, thing with all the loose pieces. You got to have them hand in. And it's, yeah. like, I'll drop the skirt and blame it on her. <laughs> and that's a fight. My wife and I, we've got a pretty good, uh, I guess, routine on how we do things together. Um, if it's something to do, it's real finicky or it needs to be pretty, she does it. If it's <laughs> electrical work or handy work, I'll do it by myself. Yeah. Like, if you need to hand yeah. me something, hand me something, that's it. Just stay out of my way <laughs> because I am pretty short-tempered as it is already. Yeah. No, not you. Listen <laughs> <laughs> to your, listen to his podcast. He'll go off on a rant just yeah. randomly. <laughs> just, I'm not PC at all. I don't. Some of the way the world is today drives me nuts. But um, yeah. no, I shoot after about a year of being married. Believe it or not, we might have argued one time. Our first year yeah. marriage. Everybody says it's your their hardest year. I don't believe yeah. that. It's not yeah. like it was. Still honeymoon phase. Yeah, I was but, about to say once once the zest wears wears off, the newness <laughs> yeah, kind of wears see, off. That's where the when we got engaged, I immediately said, "Okay, I'm gonna build a house. You plan the wedding." So I drew the plans for the house. I dealt with all the contractors. I did all that stuff. She took care of the wedding stuff. So we did that all at one time. Then we moved into the house. We were broke because every penny we had we threw into the house. So we're scraping pennies together for that first six months to a year until we built up some savings again. And obviously there were some odd and in, odd and in stuff that we had to do to finish things. 
because we were in a hurry to move in because we were living in my old bedroom with my mom and dad. So you can imagine being newly married, living in a 10 by 10 bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like our first four months of marriage. We were there with my mom and dad. So that was pretty rough. But I yeah, love my mom today. So, yeah. So I'm a mama's boy, so I did not mind that at all. Yeah. <laughs> my what, wife what are you cooking tonight, hand. mom. Yes. <laughs> and she can cook, as you can tell. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I learned quick that it's important that I separate myself from a situation with my wife that's going to cause me to lash out at her. And yeah. I'm still not the greatest at it, but I know on a situation like that, like where I know I'm going to be short-tempered more than normal. I need to make sure that we have some a gap there between the two of us. That way I don't lash out at her or she lash out at me for whatever reason. Yeah. It doesn't that was always work. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I understand completely. That was our biggest thing is uh, I would tend to bottle things up and she would tend to be the type that needs answers immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's trying to make that work is, is mm-hmm. just in a, it's been a learning process, but yeah. we, we've grown a lot. Uh, just learning how to communicate with each other is the biggest thing. Just communication understanding. is the number one thing. Communication. Absolutely. Regardless Absolutely. if the other was, person wants to hear it or not. Yeah. <laughs> communication. Yep, that was our biggest thing. Yeah. And I'd be the type like, uh, like if I'd get angry or whatever, I just want to go to bed, deal with it tomorrow. And then yeah. she's just sitting there, like staring at me with like, flaring eyes. Yeah. yeah, like, hey, let's finish this talk. See, that's the way I am. Yeah. Ashley, yeah. she she tends to avoid confrontation at all costs, and I can't stand yeah. it. Like, I'm, I will <laughs> never go to bed angry at my wife. Never. Right. I, won't, I can't do it. I won't do it. And I, I don't think yeah. it's right. You're not supposed to go to bed angry at somebody. Yeah. Right. I believe you're supposed I'll to make the that right. Let the sun go down on your wrath. Yeah, so. Yeah. I do my best to make sure that there is no issues. Like I don't believe in walking away. I don't believe in, you know, leaving for a day or something. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I believe in you're married till death do you part. That is a commitment till death do you part, not conveniently type thing. It's like no convenience or no circumstance to that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I might be young, but I have some wise, a little bit of wisdom. (laughs) <laughs> don't let that baby face fool you ah <laughs> uh, shit I'm, I'll be 30 this year yeah. I can't believe it like I don't feel like I'm 30 I just yeah, you know bro no we're still babies still got another year still babies <laughs> still babies my dad was playing very competitive men's league softball to 72 years old nice. so I figured I might as well keep moving until I'm 72 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, then I'm going to retire uh, from everything and play golf again. Yeah, yeah, we can't stop for a while. No. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, man, how did your last meet go? So, the last, last meet, it went it went uh, not bad. Um, I wasn't really happy with the bench, but, it, you know, Things whatever. Happen. Yeah. So, the, the squats, I talked about it a little bit on uh, a couple episodes ago, but Warm-ups for squats wasn't feeling good at all. Didn't I was listening to that. On. Yeah. Um, remember you sent me a video of your bench and your legs slipped for some reason? And yeah. you've never had that happen before? Do you no. think it had anything to do with the prolonged time that you had the knee wraps on your knees? 
man, I don't know. I can't really connect it. Yes or no. Um, cause you did say you had a strained hamstring. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily a strain or if the, the, I was using the super heavy wraps. Pinched so, it, like, tied it down and stretched it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Yeah, happened with being calf. super heavy. Yeah. Being in super heavies for 40 minutes is not recommended. No, <laughs> but it, it, that, that, it definitely, I know for sure it affected my, uh, my deadlifts because I was having trouble, uh, with soft knees, especially on the right side. And that was the one that messed up. Um, but bench, maybe, maybe not. Is it, I honestly just think I kind of lost focus and, and I knew the weight was going to be easy and I didn't put enough intent into the, the yeah, actual that makes uh, sense. movement. So, this makes uh, sense. But yeah, you know, you know, squats went fine though. I hit a pretty decent PR. Uh, I matched my previous best on bench, but it was just a whole lot faster this time. And then uh, I hit a pretty decent PR in, in deadlift too. So it, overall, it was it was pretty. The goal was uh, hit my third attempt. So that's that's kind of what happened. Yeah. It definitely didn't hit my projected number I want to for bench, but still, white lights on the third. That was the main goal. That's good. Bench. I've only had two meets that I've ever got my third attempt. And both of those meets were meets that I went nine for nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a USPA yep. meet. Oh, shoot. Almost two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. So the yep. ones that you missed, did you do any water manipulation cut? Did you cut weight at all or did you just show up? Uh, I've always cut weight. Every single meet. Okay. Now I've never so done anything crazy. Like the most yeah. weight I've ever cut is 10 pounds. Okay. And I did that in a so, day. <laughs> so the, not, I didn't really cut meat or cut meat. I didn't cut weight this meat. I, I did, but all I done was, is I kind of switched to the carnival diet, but I still just eat better. Yeah. Yeah. I just ate better and I lost quite a bit, but the meat before I did a water loading and then a salt and or a sodium and, and carbohydrate uh, cut. And I lost about 16 pounds. Uh, in Shoot. four days or so and squats and deadlift felt fine uh, but bench bench was terrible my second attempt was a grinder which should have been an easy weight and I failed that at the at the BMF meet in Cabot mm-hmm. that's why I was kind of wondering if you had a big water cut that's kind of seemed um, where the only meat that I've ever done that I feel like the water cut bothered me was a David Shirley's meat um, it was in January. I can't remember what the name of it was called. But it's a really good meet that he has there at his gym. And I went six for nine. I missed all my thirds. And it was just, I don't know. I just come off a nine for nine performance coming off a USPA meet. Um, I just hit 600 on deadlift. I was like, oh, yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm about to. And it was easy. It, it was, to be honest, if it was an RPE rating, it maybe a six. Just yeah. very easy. Third attempt. And I PR'd on squats, bench, and deadlift. And I told Christian, I said, I would like to take a little bit of an off-season and head right back into a a prep because I want to keep this ball rolling. So it's so right. that was in May or June, and then I was, January I competed. I took a good time off. Yeah. And th- I traveled Thursday night – from here to Jacksonville, which is about two, two and a half hours from my house. And the whole ride up there, I was in a sauna suit, 
uh, <laughs> jeans, sweatpants, a hoodie, and a jacket with the heater on. <laughs> it was horrible. The most stressful yeah. thing ever. When I get there to the yeah. hotel, I step out of my truck, and every bit of the sweat that was in my sauna suit goes down into my shoes. <laughs> so I'm thinking, golly. And then I take all that off. I get We get in the room, and I get on the scale, and I lost two pounds. No. I was like, that it? That's really it? I could have gotten a bathtub <laughs> and soaked yeah. for 15 minutes and lost two pounds. Yeah. So <clears throat> I went and snuck into the pool area past time and got in the hot tub and soaked <laughs> for the next few hours because they had it supposedly closed at a certain time. But I was like, I got to get this done. So I had, at that time, nine pounds left to go. So I got in that hot tub and I soaked like 15, 20 minutes on, five minutes out, 15, 20 minutes on, five yeah. minutes out until I got down to, oh, shoot, 221. Then I went to bed, woke up, and I was 220.8. Like I was like, crap. So I got in the bathtub <laughs> for another 15 minutes that morning. And mm. then I was good. And then when I weighed in, I was like 218 or 19. So yeah. that was good. But the next day, I just felt like crap. It just nothing yeah. felt good. Losing that 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 water weight that isn't intramuscular isn't too bad, but like when you start actually applying heat yeah. and pulling it out of the muscle, it's that's Big hard time. to recover from See, for sure. This meet, uh, when I hit my elite total, and I actually was asked to write an article for Elite FTS for it back in August last year. Oh. I uh. I got my weight down to where when I was training, I was never over 230, 232. And then about four weeks out, I just got really, really, really strict on my diet. Like I was usually about 85 to 90% strict and 10% whatever I wanted, but I really made it like really strict. Yeah. And I got down like the week that I was supposed to make weight weigh-ins. I woke up like on Monday or Tuesday and I was like 222. I was like, oh, crap. This is great, but I don't want to get too light too fast. And I've been eating good. Yeah. So I ate a pizza. <laughs> I mean, I ate a pizza. Blew up. Yeah. And it, I only gained like two pounds. Wow. So I was like, holy cow. And then I just stayed clean on my diet. Then Thursday, we traveled to Dallas. And I ate my normal meals till about 10 o'clock. <clears throat> and then I had about two bottles of water and I just snacked on food for the rest of the day from then to that evening. And then I, we walked around Dallas with Christian and Julie and her, their kids and everything. Um, Mackenzie, my wife and I, we we're all just kind of, you know, hanging out. We were sightseeing and seeing all these things. And it was hot. August in Dallas, Texas is hot. And Christian was like, how you Especially feel? when you're bloated. <laughs> I wasn't bloated then. I was trying to, you know, I, was, I couldn't eat. I had to weigh in the next day. Uh, yeah. I'm watching him eat steak, ribs, oh. all this stuff. I'm going, oh my gosh. <laughs> but I ate a couple pieces of chicken from my wife's chickens, whatever she did. And Christian gave me a piece of, uh, a small piece of his ribs. So I was like, oh, this is pretty nice. And I chewed on ice and things like that. But that evening, Christian told me if I was, like 222 or something. Because I woke up like 224, 223 Thursday morning. I was like, oh, that's great. That's easy. Easy weight cut, no problem. 
And he told me if I was 222 or 221, go ahead and eat something. Well, before I went to bed, like two hours before I went to bed, we're at the pool with Julia and Christian and our kids, and we're all talking. And I weighed myself before going down. I was 220 on the nose. So I got me a, I don't know what you would call it, a little pint of pineapples, watermelon, grapes, all these little things. And that's what I (laughs) ate. That was my snack, the meal for that night. And I woke up exactly what I needed to be. I was two, uh, 219 point something that next morning. Yeah. And then I waited at 219.6. But this is something that I've never done before is I got a liter and a half of IV fluids rehydrated. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about a difference. Like it makes a huge difference because I had a headache. Yeah. I don't know what the headache was from exactly. I, don't, I wouldn't say I was dehydrated. But I was not as hydrated as I usually was. <clears throat> I definitely didn't have as much food as I normally would. But within five minutes of starting that IV, my headache was gone. Like, it was weird. Like, I don't believe in instant relief stuff. Like, ah, uh, I always <laughs> turn my head to it. I was like, oh, whatever. Because yeah. Christian told me, he says, you're going to feel a lot better almost immediately. It's like, no, there's no way. They started that IV. And I was like, holy cow. The right. only thing I didn't like, it made me a little nervous, <clears throat> is on that IV bag, they put this sleeve on it, and they got this little pump, like you know those air pumps they use for the cuff for your arm to check your blood pressure? Yeah. Well, they've got one of these things to do that on this IV bag, and what it does is it forces the liquid into your arm faster. Yeah. <laughs> I, <want to> agree. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Because I, I didn't expect them to want to do that, because I was thinking it's just going to drip forever. But no, they, yeah. they force it in your arm, so your arm gets cold. But it wasn't that bad. It was a yeah. lot better than I expected. I don't like needles. How was the, would you, that's what I was about to say. I knew you probably didn't like needles, but how was the putting the needle in part? Did you sweating bullets? No, I was just kind of like, I turned my head and looked to the side. <laughs> Look away. Yeah. yeah. But he showed me what it was. He said, this thing, this needle goes in your arm, and this plastic tube goes in, and the needle comes out. Yeah. So it's a plastic yeah. little tube. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So, because I was kind of worried about it. And he's like, oh, you're good. So. <laughs> I feel like a pro when it comes to the medical part because my wife has Crohn's disease. Oh, man. And I sat in the hospital with her for, you know, <clears throat> probably a, a, if you add it all together, we're probably in, in there a year solid. But, uh, so I learned being out and uh, even at home, she was on the IV at home. Goodness. In a, or central line. So I was kind of learned everything about yeah. doing that. And, You'd uh, almost have to. Bro. Yeah. So the next meet, if I get some IV bags, you're going to have to hook me uh, up. Yeah. They feel good. Yeah, I, don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about doing the needle part. I didn't train that. There was already a catheter there when I had to do it. But, yeah. You drank too many Red Bulls. Yeah, I had a migraine real bad one time, it, and I'd never had one before, but I went like three, four days without eating. I was so sick. And whenever I, I got in, finally I went to the doctor and they sent me straight to the ER. And that's, they started a IV bag, you know, as like almost instant release. Yeah. So I was just dehydrated. Wow. Goodness. Like, see, Greg McCoy, he owns Hidden Gym in Allen, Texas. And that's where we're going to, the, the show of strength, 11 was the meet that I was at. And before I got there, I had already booked an IV appointment with a clinic. So I didn't think to even ask him. 
But later that day, he posts to everybody, hey, due to a request, we now have whatever company at the gym waiting for you. So I shoot him an email this time. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to compete this year. He goes, awesome. Well, that's not what he said. I can't repeat what he said. (laughs) (laughs) And I asked about IVs. He goes, you tell me what time you want them there, and I have them there. I was like, I'm going to weigh in at 9. So at 9, he goes, we got you booked. I was like, heck, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's. Being a uh, newbie to all this, or I'm just kind of listening in, set back because I'm not into the lifting. But uh, so I was just questioning on, so can you just request like an IV for any reason or does it have to be, hey, I'm at a power meet, powerlifting Um, meet? Most clinics have like a list of services, like a menu like you would see anywhere. Like they have some for hangovers. They have some for dehydration that's the ones that athletes for powerlifters will get because of what do they call it like over exhaustion or whatever they call it like i'm probably using the wrong words or whatever they've got a list of different options um i don't believe like if you just went in there and just i just want an iv they'd give you one but at the same time it would be fairly easy just to go up there and be like hey I'm dehydrated. They're not going to check and see if you're dehydrated or not. Yeah. You pay them. They're certified I mean, to do it. You're consenting right. to an IV, so here you go. Yeah, so I'm sure. Do they do like a blood test or something beforehand? or They do nothing like that. It's not the ones that I went mm-hmm. through. Basically, you go in yeah. there, you pay them for their service, and they hook you up. Oh. That's basically what I, mean, I had that migraine. <laughs> By the time I I couldn't pee at first, like when they asked me to, but after they pumped the bag, like after one bag, it was still like so thick and dark. And it, it was obvious I was dehydrated. Yeah. Goodness. Like, your skin and it stays in the same spot. That yeah. always worries me because I drink quite a bit of water, but sometimes I don't. And I take a bunch of, I call them, they're not really supplements, like vitamins and things like that yeah. every single morning. I've got about 20 bottles of stuff that I take every morning. And it's for your, you know, liver health and kidney health and organs and all that hair health because, you know, men don't want to go bald. We don't like it. Like <laughs> Yeah, if you can keep doing it, we try to. You know, I want to yeah. live a while. So, yeah. And heart disease runs in my family, so I take care of my heart a lot. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, whenever I'm taking all those vitamins, as anybody knows, it takes an over-encounter vitamin of any sort. P turns like this neon radioactive looking color. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, man. Exactly. So anytime it doesn't look clear, I get paranoid. So I'm, I'm down yeah. in water usually. That, uh, I had, so I had kidney stone. It's been Mm-mm. probably seven or eight years ago now. And that's what the doctor told me. He's like, it was supposedly the, Stones were from sodium, but I've done a lot of sodium loaded since then and, and yeah. knock on wood, haven't had any issues. That's what he told me. He's like, every time you use a bathroom, I want it to be clear. Like, wow, bro, you got to start off pounding pretty early. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, almost impossible, one. to be honest. Yeah. That I mean, absolutely. That you could, I know this from even my experience. I could, for a week, I can have nothing but water and still, when I wake up, pee yellow. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's it's just going to be that way for a little bit. It doesn't yep. mean you're dehydrated. When it starts getting to dark right. colors, that's when you have to start getting worried. Yeah. Yeah. A brighter color. Like, like if it starts turning brown, 
Um, what is it called? Rhabdo. You have to worry about that because your body's now yep. starting to break down and you have to worry about that kind yep. of stuff. Um, powerlifters were known for being lazy. So we're probably not ever going to get rhabdo. That's why CrossFitters right. usually get it because they're doing a lot of <laughs> repetitive movements over and over and over and over. But, yep. <clears throat> if you can sit, sit. If you can walk instead of run, walk. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of the that's kids. Uh, motto. Wednesday night, one of my kids from the class. He was like, let's race. I was like, man, I haven't ran in years. I have not ran in years. He goes, you can do it. I was like, I could do it, but I might pop a hamstring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I played uh, Played basketball a couple of years ago, and I was kind of get back in the groove. I was feeling good, and uh, I wasn't near as bulky as I am now. I was probably, two, probably 240-ish, somewhere in there, and uh, – I started playing and man, I was sore and I, I tweaked my hamstring and, uh, we we're playing twice a week and I was like, well, I'm gonna go ahead and play again. Yeah. And that was a bad choice. I hit, I hit the ground and had a little, I don't know if it was just a micro tear or, yeah. or sprain or whatever, but yeah, I went down. I was like, no, it, no. I can't do this no more. <laughs> See, my first couple of years of playing, um, starting into powerlifting, I still competed in men's league softball. And did some golfing and things like that. I found out really quick the sprinting that I had to do in baseball was a hindrance. Because anybody knows how softball is. You don't just go play one game. You play four to six, eight games a day. And and you're playing all day, every night. Like, it's a long ordeal. And I would wake up trashed like my hip flexors just have always been something I've always had to deal with and my feet and I've noticed <clears throat> what then I was noticing like my squat days this wasn't going to happen very well so I had mm. to give that up so I held on to golf as much as I could because I love golf it's to me the most challenging sport there is out there in the world you don't yeah. <clears throat> doesn't matter how strong you are it doesn't matter how athletic at all you are you got to hit that ball, and it's going to do what you make it do. And that's basically it. If you're yeah. wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. There is no in-betweens. And I learned quickly, the thicker your core gets, the less rotational <laughs> abilities yeah. you have. And golf is a yeah. rotational sport. <laughs> so you can't just work in a neutral plane or a singular plane. We have to be in a bilateral plane all the time and rotate. But you can't do that. And power lift at the same time and be very competitive. So that's taking a back burner also. What you need to do is do the happy Gilmore stance. That way that rotation is just forced <laughs> from kind of just running up to the ball. I might rip <laughs> something. <laughs> I used to be yep. able to keep this arm completely straight and come all the way and have it up there like I'm supposed to, but I can't do it anymore. Yep. Just can't do it. I understand. That's what, like, my back itches or something, I'm like, Man, I just got to find something to rub against because there's no way I'm getting my arm back there. You were mentioning you wasn't as bulky at 240. I'm the heaviest yeah. I've ever been, and I'm 240 right now. Yep. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I have so, man, I just like, man, I'm just going to bulk up and see what happens. <laughs> Go for it. it. It always starts off like I'm doing it the right way. I'm doing it slow. I'm doing it clean. But then it gets to a point where, like, Man, let's just eat. Let's just 
Yeah. Heck with it. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to compete in 220 in July, so we're going to see how that goes. Yeah. I'm trying to tone her down. <laughs> but, but I got up to like 274, and man, that's just, that's, I don't see how people get 300 plus. Mm-mm. Maybe if I was like a fat kid all my life, but I always kind of been like that lanky, skinny. No, man, I, I couldn't miserable. tie my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, miserable. Tie my shoes, losing breath, and just walk like we got a basement. We are, uh, bedroom stuff is in a basement so just walking up the stairs and stuff i'm out of breath i'm like yeah. man this is this is not good terrible it's hard on yeah. your heart also yeah absolutely yeah and absolutely see, i know it's my blood pressure's running uh like 140 now which isn't terrible but it usually stays at like a 120 over 70 or something like mm-hmm. that so it's time to i have time no idea what those numbers bit. mean i just know if my i bought a real fancy thing my work was having a a promotional type deal where we could go on this website and buy medical grade equipment and they would pay percentages of it. If we would get it, it was some incentive for our insurance stuff worth the municipal. I worked for a municipal company and I bought this, I don't know. It was really expensive heart, uh, blood pressure monitor. <clears throat> and it's really simple. It's got spots for green spots for yellow and spots for orange and red. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm in the greens, I'm happy. <laughs> I don't think pay attention yeah. to the numbers. <laughs> That's no, what I check. No, and as soon no. as it starts getting in that yellow, it's like, oh, okay, I got to start dialing it down. I'm not checking <laughs> it right now because I can promise you it's not good because I've gained a lot of weight <laughs> in the last month. It's it's no. weird. I've always heard about stress and things like that and how it doesn't necessarily matter if you overeat or not, but stress in your life will cause you to gain weight regardless. That's weird. I've experienced stress in my life. Like, my life has been insane. Like, a lot of people don't understand. They look at me now and think, oh, you had an easy life. Like, yeah, I wish you knew. Like, I'm adopted. (laughs) I mean, I've been abused all kinds of sorts of ways. My my brothers and I were abandoned. Like, there's a lot of stuff that happened in our lives. And I've went through stress. But this last year, well, I guess a few months, I've never been stressed like I have been because it got a lot of stuff happening in my family and it, we're coming out of the end of it and I feel better, yeah. but I can still feel the effects of all the stress and it's insane. Like I never would have imagined yeah. it, but it's causing me to like hold a crap ton of water. I don't sleep well. My weight's going up. So I might have to figure out something about it. That's for sure. Yeah. For me, the for stress really affects, I think, my recovery more than anything. Yeah. That's kind of weird, but it's just, I don't know, I just don't feel like I ever get recovered from workout to workout. Yeah. Then I also usually stress eat, which is terrible because it'd be like I, a whole I box of Oreos. And- <laughs> I'll do the same thing. And I'm, a, I'm one of those guys, I see it, I want it, I eat it, and I don't just eat one or two yeah. bites. I eat all of it. Mm-hmm. And I can sit down and eat a family bag of chips Five minutes yeah. when I can eat. Like, I yeah. put some people to shame when it talks about some food now. I can eat. We can we can definitely relate in that part. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you got any questions? Way, I think. Go ahead. Um, well. What were you no, saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the, like, the biggest meal that I remember is uh, we went on vacation to Cancun. And we went on to, like, an all, all, uh, exclusive resort or exclusive where like you just should go to restaurants and like it's already paid for type deal. Yeah, you, so pay you for just the order what deal. you want. 
Yeah. So we went to a steakhouse, and um, <clears throat> this was when I was in, still in high school. I mean, I could probably eat more now now that I'm 70 pounds heavier. <laughs> but um, we went, and uh, so, like, each meal would have, like, a steak, uh, a soup, and dessert. So I'm like, I told the waiter, I'm like, man, give me three steaks with the three uh, soups and then three desserts. And they're like 12 ounce steaks. And uh, he's like, man, there's no way you're going to eat all that. I'm not going to bring all that to you. I'm like, whatever, just bring one at a time. And I sit down <laughs> and ate all three of those steaks, soups, and dessert. And Holy cow. Fat and happy. <laughs> I struggle on like refeed days. I have been guilty in the past of just eating everything under the sun when it comes to the, my refeed days after weigh-ins. Mm-hmm. But this last one, I ate the most, but I kept it the cleanest. Um, yeah. The first meal I did have, I went to In-N-Out Burger and got two burgers. That was pretty bad, but I wanted the In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> but the rest were, you know, things like Cheez-Its and crackers and stuff like that. I probably ate two boxes of Cheez-Its. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Around three or four things of Pedialyte, <clears throat> a gallon of water or more. And then we went out to eat two or three times that day. And that, that evening, yeah. we went to some, I can't think of what, what that steakhouse or whatever it's called. It wasn't really a steakhouse, but a restaurant in Dallas where they s- served venison, elk, and all this stuff. And I don't know how they could sell venison because supposedly you can't sell no. deer meat. So I don't exactly know how the license and all that kind of stuff works. But we pigged out. We pigged out. <laughs> I waited at 219 yeah. and competed at 238. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I feel you, bro. That's, I told the guys at the last meet, I'm like, is it bad that I'm more excited about the refeed than I am the actual meat? <laughs> like, I'm looking forward to just eating, like, a constant insulin spike. There's no yeah. dips and lows. It's just staying high the whole time. Yeah. And see, we also, as yep. ignorant as a lot of us are on a lot of things like that, but we have to – very cautious of the insulin spikes we have by the amounts of food, yeah. the crap that we eat. Yeah. So we have to worry about that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. I've noticed if you're going to eat like crap and keep it high, come meet day, you know, cause once you're resting, it's, it's going to come back down mm-hmm. and come, come the morning time where the meat, you're going to have to, <laughs> you're just going to have to pound it back down. Cause yeah. if not, you're going to be lethargic. And, there. You know, but yeah. But, what's, um, your, what's your questions? So yeah, I was going to ask Ruckus, Ruckus this too, but so you guys both own a powerlifting uh, gym. I'm sure just, you know, Chalk Zone is probably the same as Barbell uh, Syndicate as it comes. There's not everybody's a powerlifter there. I'm, I'm sure there, you probably have. Yeah, we have some members clients, that if you will. All right. So what, for one, what, this, and this answer could be the same for both of this. For one, what, what was the deciding factor? Why did you, did you decide to open a gym? And then why did you uh, concentrate on the powerlifting uh, side of it? Because obviously uh, powerlifting type members versus just like gym pop is definitely going to be a lower pop, you know, yeah. lower population. So, yeah. So what, what was the thought there and, and what, where'd that start from? Well, when I decided to build my own gym, because my first gym I built myself, um, I built a 20 by 40, that's 12-foot tall building. Um, my dad and I built it. 
I recommend no one do that because my dad at that time was 70 something years old and putting trusses up on a 12 foot building with your dad by yourself. And he's in a tractor and you're on the, sorry that the video is messing up my internet's junk, but um, being up there on that thing while he's in a tractor trying to hand you or lift up all these trusses to you and things like that, things like that. That's probably not the safest thing for anybody to do. <laughs> now, um, the idea behind it was I was trying to get out of the gyms and hope due to the fact of the lack of good equipment. Um, we would use bars at our local gyms that had enough equipment that you could power lift, but the bars were so bad that as a power lifter knows, when you put 400 pounds, 405 on a bar, it shouldn't be bending. There's no reason a bar should be bending at 405. Like a lot of people don't understand. That's not a lot of weight. 405 pounds is not a lot of weight. And I get a lot of crap for that because, well, you're, you're comparing it to power lifters. I was like, I'm like, no, I'm comparing it to strong people. 405 pounds is not that much. I know women that are benching that. You know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. see women pulling five, 600 pounds. We see them squatting five, 600 pounds. If there's a man doing it, great. But don't tell me your 300 pound squat or your 200 pound bench is <laughs> super strong when we know women that can do it. Yeah. That's my mind. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But super strong to the, the gin pop. Like yeah. we talk about, we talk about the demographic, but yeah. But, um, and we would always get. Justin mentions it, mentions it quite a bit. We would always get some weird looks. Like when you deadlift, even when you're under control, there's some noise. Um, you're gonna have yeah. some, there's a clank between the slack between the bar and the plates, and it's just always gonna be that way. Um, so I even built my own deadlift platform and put it in the guy's gym. Like it was a public gym <laughs> in Hope, <clears throat> and he allowed me to do that. Um. I bought my own Ohio power bar. So I was at this time, I didn't realize the difference between deadlift bars and squat bars and all this kind of stuff. I just wanted a bar that I could do all three lifts on. That was a good bar. So I got an Ohio power bar and he allowed me to bring that in the gym and use it, but he wouldn't let me put it to the side and the back in some closet. So no one else would use it because as anybody knows, you leave a bar loaded for a long period of time, you're going to warp it. And that's not something that I wanted to deal with. So I told him, I was like, I'm just going to bring it in and out each and every day. I come in here. He, that's fine. But it got to the point that we got tired of dealing with stuff like that. Um, we would go in there and that have like, honestly, you know, people think Justin was joking. Like they had achy breaky heart by Billy Cyrus playing and stuff like that. Or got a zoom class right beside you. It's like, we can't, you can't lift in an atmosphere and expect to get that much better. And there's really no support. Even when we were benching or squatting or any of the, any of the lifts that we were doing, there was never any support from the fact of, hey, these guys are really strong or trying to be strong. They're a lot stronger than we are. So let's encourage them. There was none, never none of that. It was always, why do you do that? What's the point in that? Yeah. It's a sport. Uh, just as, and I'm, of course, I'm being me. They asked me, why do I deadlift 500-something pounds for reps? Like, why do you walk around this stupid track for an hour and still look the same? 
you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've had guys tell me that your squat's wrong. I'm like, okay, how should I squat? It should, your back should be 100% 90 degrees like you're sitting down in a chair. I was like, show me how to do that. Well, I can't do it. I was like, they don't tell me how to squat then. <laughs> <laughs> but we got tired of that aspect. We got tired of the atmosphere that was, in my opinion, extremely judgmental. Um, and it could yeah. have just been us, but I built the gym, and it kind of just started building into more because it was a smaller space because half that 20 by 40 building was a woodworking shop with all my, you know, my, my tools. And then a 20 by 20 section of it was my gym equipment. And after about a year that expanded into the other side. So I moved all my woodworking stuff into the garage, which did not make my wife happy at all. (laughs) (laughs) But we had some good times in there and it just kept growing and kept growing and kept growing. And the idea of having a private, semi-private gym for powerlifters, because I didn't do any of this for money. Like the motive behind chunks on powerlifting, there's not a dollar. Like it, there's no motive behind there for that for a dollar. Like, yes, I have my own selfish reasons. Like I want my own gym. I want the best equipment. Hence, that's why I have an elite FTS monolith. Why would I pay? A few thousand more for a monolift that's got Elite FTS on it when I could essentially get the same thing getting a Dana body or an Invictus powerlifting one. Well, yeah. they're great monolifts, but they're not an Elite FTS monolift. There's a difference. Like right. you put your hands on the Elite monolift and you put your hands on the other ones, there's a noticeable difference, complete difference. It's like putting your hands on a Titan rack and a Rogue rack. 100%. It's just like that. And I've had both in my hands, you know what I mean? So I, I know the difference, and I've moved both of them. The Dana body one, you can take two people, and you can move it. This elite one, it's 1,000 pounds. You wow. <laughs> it's heavy. Yeah. And I bring the forklift. Yeah, yeah, it's very heavy. Um, I just I wanted a, to create an atmosphere that brought people together, not necessarily for powerlifting, but for a singular goal, and that's to yeah. get better. Any and everybody will benefit from getting stronger. There is nobody, that, not even a doctor or a scientist or whatever they want to call it, that can argue with that fact. Everybody on the planet should get stronger, and if you get stronger, it will benefit you in life, health, and everything. The stronger yeah. you are, the better off you are. I'm not telling some grandma to go deadlift 100 200 pounds. I'm not telling a grandpa to go try to bench press 200 pounds. I'm saying get stronger than what you are right now. Be able to walk that mile. Be able to take the stationary bike and go two or three miles. Be able to do that. Too many people think I get old. I don't have to do anything anymore. No, you're getting old. You have to do more. And that's how it works. And I wanted to create an environment that allowed people that – we're in that, like the gym pop kind of atmosphere that understood that, okay, these guys here aren't your normal everyday gym bros. These guys are very intense. They know what they're doing. It's very methodical. 
there's a purpose for everything they're doing and they're not in there to look pretty. Yeah. And let's build this in this one building. So we, <clears throat> well, it just, I mean, it took a while. It took going on two years and we have around 20, I think close to 22 members now. And I'm happy with that. Um, yeah. We get to 25. I'm putting a cap on it. Like I don't, it's not for money. Um, the light no. bill gets paid. And I'm happy. <clears throat> the money that after the costs of everything, like housekeeping, utilities, repair, and all that kind of stuff, after those costs, that money gets put in a separate account. That money goes back into the gym. That money doesn't go into my pocket to buy me podcast stuff or stuff for my vehicles. Yeah. It doesn't do that. All it right. goes for the gym. I don't have a co-owner. It's was footed by me. I've paid for that stuff. I do have a few members who, um, who has given some things and I'm very grateful for that. But everything in that gym has been paid for by me, except for two things maybe. And I don't expect people <clears throat> to pay what I pay. If that makes sense. My yeah. gym membership is $25 a month and it's open 24 seven. I don't, I mean, there's no reason for somebody to come out here. And where I do have more equipment than anybody else in town, when it comes to specialized equipment, I don't have the <clears throat> the luxuries, the AC, the bathrooms, and things like that. Like, I'm not going to do all that. Like, you do that at no. your place, come here, train, and go. I'm not here to pamper you. I mean, that's not what this is about. Too many people no. has turned the gym into a pampering session look at me yep. let's take a photo in the mirror we have one mirror in the gym <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's like a three foot by two foot mirror it's it's small and as far as the members that we have as far as i know the members we have they all want to just get better and even the ones that don't power lift They'll holler for us when we're lifting. We'll holler for them or help them when they want something, you know. It's a community. If that's if it's a long way to get down to a simple aspect is we wanted to build a community where like minds could be together, even though our goals may not be the same, but we're like-minded. Um, when we walk into that door, <clears throat> I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian all my life. I do Sunday schools. My teach children, my best friend's a youth pastor. My dad's a deacon in church. Like, I grew up in church. <clears throat> well, since I was adopted, I grew up in church. And I know all about church. Like, I know the ugly side of the politics of churches and things like that. I've been involved yeah. in all that kind of stuff. When we open the doors to that gym and people walk in, there's no religion. There's no race. There's no politics. There's nothing. We walk in and we're family. Now, yeah. everybody in there knows that we're Christians. We don't go in there and act different. We know how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. But when we right. go in there, yeah. I'm not going to tell somebody that's an atheist they can't join my gym. I'm not going to tell a right. black person they can't join my gym. Right. I'm not going to. There's, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell. Like, I'm, I'm, it's hard to say right now, but I'm a Republican. Like is yeah. crazy that <laughs> whatever that means nowadays. Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. Well, if 
now it's becoming a political thing as much as y'all know. I'm a Christian. Put it that way. Yeah. That's been turned political yeah. as crazy as that as that is. Yeah. I don't care what religion you have. You can join my gym. I'm going to treat you with the exact same respect as I would treat anybody else. And right. I have stated that to our members. We see anybody treat anybody with any disrespect, any judgment for anything like that, you're immediately out of the gym. Immediately. No questions asked. No yep. warnings, nothing. It's just that simple. Because that is not, <clears throat> even as a Christian, like as y'all know this, we're supposed to treat each and everybody, even our enemies, with love and respect. Right. So when we're in this building and we're in Chuck's own powerlifting gym, we're one family. And yep. we're supposed to treat everybody with love and respect. Regardless if we agree all the time or not. Right. So that's the, I guess, long-winded answer is for community, to build a, a yep. better community. And my selfish reasons behind it is I wanted to have competition-specific equipment. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Just on the point you're right there about being a Christian, I think that's important that, like, say, if you did have an atheist or whatever come in, it's important that you do show love to them because – Yes. To get that atheist converted, they're not going to be they're not going to be proposed yeah. uh, to be converted if you're just like right. shutting them down and that's right. and showing them away or whatever. Right. To show them love, but, be an example. Yeah, right. And I can uh, probably speak a lot for Ruckus and Eileen on this part too. Is is the reason they started is a lot of the same way. You know, they wanted uh, wanted to accelerate their training, so they knew. Yep what the specific equipment and whatever it took. And, and that's kind of what they've done is we talked about it on the very first episode of this is uh, the gym is just like family. Yeah. Uh, our last meet, we had a couple of people from the gym that uh, probably never even touched a deadlift bar or squat bar or anything, but they were members of the gym and they came, drove like four hours just to come and support. And that's, and when you're, when you're part, when you establish community and family type, atmosphere like you're talking about that's what happens yeah. you know people will come and support you because they know you and not only do they know you they understand the dedication that you're yes. putting into whatever you're doing yeah. yeah and we still have a little bit of that lacking in our gym of the people coming and going out of their way to do for others yeah. and of course as a gym owner and especially in this area i don't hope is weird it's weird. It's very <laughs> selfish community while at the same time it's not, if that makes any sense. And it's, it's weird. It's just that, and that, that's the best way I can put it. It's a very selfish community at the same time it's not. On the inside, it's very, very selfish. But outwardly, you see people doing things for people all the time. But the behind scenes, it's not real or genuine, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of how our community is. Now, not everybody's that way, but it's a big lump of our community is that way. Um, but I would like to start seeing more of our members show each other, you know, support out outside of the gym too. That would be great. But yeah. um, like we're starting to do some challenges and things like that to help to build the community even better. Let people because yeah. we gained a lot of new members here recently to help build relationships and let people get to know each other more. Um, if there's any type of thing that I could give, you know, Eileen and Ruckus, Joshua, 
any tips is that we can't make everybody happy. No, absolutely not. Like, which, you know, with this, we got a new challenge thing going on right now. Like we're starting up and there were some questions and disagreements with the, the strictness on the squat thing. Like there should be accommodations Mm -hmm. and things like that for certain people that can't hit depth. Well, I don't agree with that. I think the starting standard should be the same as the ending standard for each and everybody. It's a group effort anyway. So whether you can do a body weight squat to depth or a box squat to depth, that's still a squat and progress from there. That's what we're going off of a progression. Not, I can't hit depth. Now I can, you can't, you can't score that. And where the individual is not wrong to disagree with that. It's just that I can't change it for the simple fact of it makes it unfair for everybody. So we have to understand as gym owners, we're going to be the bad guy sometimes because we can't please everybody and we have to be okay with that. And it's not out of meanness or hatred of any sort. It's just we have to do what's fair all the way around, regardless of our personal feelings. And that kind of stuff happens, and I am learning that kind of stuff. It's it's still kind of new for me, and I struggle with a lot of it because I, I want everybody to be happy. But we have to understand, and I'm I'm having to understand that you can't make everybody happy. Right. And that's part of it, and that's yeah. you know that's and again that's part of the community. Yeah, a lot of things we do just far as getting people together, um, or they do. I'm just kind of there, but is we'll have they have uh, like on Halloween they'll do like a trick or treat where kids come and dress up, and uh, they'll have people like come in in costumes and do like a little workout. Uh, we'll also just have random like uh, party days where like we get everybody's like, all right, we're deadlifting today. If you don't really know how to deadlift, we're going to show you how to deadlift. Yeah. Uh, we'll have some pizza or something. And that, I think that's helped a lot. Just grab a lot of people, yeah. uh, get them, get them together in the, in the same time. Yeah. Even if you don't have necessarily like a, a session uh, that you would normally like to have, it's just kind of a day set aside. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, let's help some people that are new, get going. Uh, people that are, aren't new that, you know, let's push them, give them a little extra, yeah. uh, just atmosphere so they can maybe hit a PR or whatever the case may be. And I think that's helped us a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, one more question. You made a point yesterday and and not trying to turn gears, but I know you got to leave before too long. Yes, sir. Uh, you made the the point about your bench said, uh, uh, you know, you hit 385 bench, but you know, you're not there right now. Mm -hmm. And just to explain a little bit to the listeners, like how, it's important to realize that you're not your strongest every time you go into the gym. No, you know, there's a yeah. period where preparedness is higher than lower than strength is higher and lower. Just talk about that a little bit. Why maybe why I say if I'm, I hit 300 on bench, why can't I hit 300 on bench every time that I want to, if that's, you know, my true match. One for injury sake <laughs> to be yeah. the simplest answer period is injury sake. Um, yeah. But to be more of a coach and more of a student of – I've worked with Christian for going on five years or so now. Four to five years. So I can't. I lose track. Power lifters, our job – let me try to stress this. We're to be as strong as we possibly can for one day. 
period. Yeah. That's meat day. We're supposed to be peak. That's that that is the art of this sport is peaking your body for that one day and then tapering it down and then building the base again and then building it up and peaking it. That's it. A lot of people have this I want to call it ego because we all have it. I, yeah. I should be able to hit 285 because I hit it, you know, August. Yeah, maybe. Just because you hit it one time doesn't mean you got to hit it every single day. First off, we all know what stress does to your body. And if you continually beat yourself up over and over and over and over and over, yeah, you may adapt and get quick results for a little bit, a short period of time. But after a while, your body is going to start digressing. You're going to run into injuries. You're going to get hurt. <clears throat> so my perspective on it from what I've learned in my experience, um, get used to the fact, if you're a smart powerlifter, in my opinion, that you're not always going to hit PRs every time you walk into the gym. A lot of people have a misconception with conjugate and think it's a max out every single day. No, it's not. You go to a strain. <laughs> a strain could be 80%. A strain could be 100%. A strain can be 120% of what your old max is. That's based on that day. It's an RPE-based thing. It's When people take it like an absolute max, they're straining so hard, yeah. the eyeballs are popping out. Forms breaking yeah, down. Yeah. They're cutting it high. All kinds of stuff. And here's the name's kind of misleading. Yes, <laughs> max, max effort. Well, like it's not, effort. not max out effort. Yeah, <laughs> it's max effort. And no. what we mean is that is RPE nine. So stop yourself when you know you got one more rep. If it's a two rep max, you should hit it and know you've got one more in the tank and stop. As soon as there's any form breakdown, you've exceeded that RPE that is desired for that strain. Now, if it's just, you know, something super light and you just have a little bit of breakdown because you were being an idiot, it's something different. You can fix that. But if yep. you're going for your top set and you your knees are caving in real hard, your back's rounding, the bars rolling up on your back and things like that, rack it. You've exceeded the RPE. You're past mm -hmm. that strain we're looking for. That's, in my opinion, while raw lifter, raw conjugate lifters and all that gets a bad rap because it's not applied properly with the correct intent. Um, so if I can keep this simple and not as long-winded, I believe it is smart for the longevity of a lifter to realize that we don't always have to be our best every single day. Just like in life, we don't have to be our best every single day. We have to take small steps. So here's a way that I look at it. We can't be at 100% all the time. So let's say I peak and I hit a total. I hit 1692 in August. Whatever 80% of that is, is what I want to be able to do year-round. Yeah. There, that's a good window. There's a good buffer there where you keep some strength. And if you think about it, well, that's just 80% of your 100%. Well, 
Granted, yes. But I've only got 20% to peak. I got 20% to build and peak on. So theoretically, if I peak and my performance increases 10%, whatever that equates to, let's say it's let's just say it's 1720. Just I'm not a mathematician. After that prep, after that meet, back down to 80, 80% of that. That's now 90% of the following peaked performance before. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? The, yeah. the, there's waves to this. It isn't a constant, gradual gain. It's you come up, come down, build, come up, peak, come down, build, peak. Yeah. You know, that's what you do. <clears throat> in an ideal world, in a lifter smart, you peak, you back it down. I like to stay around 80%. At any given time. And if you look at the numbers and you calculate that, that's very reasonable. Yeah. Every meet, if you increase your total, that baseline 80% is going to be heavier than the previous yeah. one. And that's the goal of powerlifting is yeah. to get stronger, add pounds to your total. So to keep it that way, it's to keep it very simple. It's to gradually keep going stronger and realize that in the long run, it's going to hinder you more than help you to stay peaked. Yeah. Now, if yeah, you don't care about longevity, <laughs> go for it. Run and gun. <laughs> if you want to hit it and get out quick as possible, go for it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's important to note, too. And from what I see, like, especially a lot of guys doing a linear progression, running off like a percent base. And, uh, I've been there before too. Uh, like we would, we would set our, like what we want to hit as our working weight. So say like, we're not true to ourselves and what our actually training max is, you know what I mean? Yeah. We'll kind of base it higher. Cause like, I want to be there, but just eat. And I don't sound like, you know, maybe it might be 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. 10 or 15 pounds. Uh, but when you're running 80% of 10 or 15 pounds, if you look at, like, say we're going to run a work, working set at 75% of our max. Well, there's no reason to, to make our training max higher than what we want to be. For one, yeah. you look at the poundage on the bar at 75%, you're talking about five or 10 pounds. Well, that five or 10 pounds, when it comes to closer to the peak, you might, I don't want to say you'll peak a little bit early because a lot of that depends on workload and all that. Mm -hmm. But it's like there's no need to put an extra five pounds just so you can say that, hey, I'm training at this heavier weight. It it doesn't always equate to a higher max. (laughs) Yeah, ego, exactly. It's always ego. Um, And let me be a little bit clear. That 80% of my total, that's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at 80% of my lifts. Because there's some days you feel good. And like on the off season, I do RPE and most people do RPE, even if it's percentage work. That five by five or whatever that is may feel easier than the time before. So you know in your head that, okay, I'm stronger than my 80%. But going back to like, so what I'm saying is that 80% is based off the total, not the actual lift itself. So it's it's all over the three lifts. Now, going what you're, you're just talking essentially about. essentially looking at the base. 
Yes. Look at the bass because people get caught up on lifts. Nah. Like, okay, I don't care if you're a pitcher that throws 100 miles an hour. If that's your only pitch you got as a fastball, they're taking you yards. Mm -hmm. Give them two innings. They've got you figured out. So you're saying bench only guys aren't power lifters. They're not. They're not. (laughs) They're they're strength athletes and they are strong, but they aren't true. That's not a true power lifter. If you're because power lifting, if you look at what power lifting is, it's the combination of the squat, bench, and deadlift. That's that simple. Not one of the other or two. But what you was talking about, the percentages, it's five to 10 pounds. If your program says 170, put 170 on the bar. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that because the cumulative volume does add up. Like it's only five pounds difference. Yeah, it's five pounds for every rep. Yeah, for every week. Yeah. (laughs) Every rep, every week. Yeah, make sure you're doing it right. It's not just five pounds extra. It turns into five, 10, 15, 20, 25 pounds extra that set. Then the next set, it's 25 pounds more. The kilo, the kilo, I can't even say it right now. The amount of volume you're going to accumulate is going to extremely exceed the desire threshold that we're looking for as a coach that's programming for you. You have to be smart. You don't want to go crazy and work your athletes to death. I like RPE because that gives the client the ability to go, okay, I can self-regulate. So I can look at you if you send me a video. Well, this, I say RPE 8, and you squat or whatever, and you send me the video. This felt like an 8, and I look at it, and it was slow. I go, okay, let's say that that's a 9. Let's back that off a little bit. But let's reverse that. Let's say you hit a triple, and you say, man, that felt heavy, but it was moving fast. It's like, no, let's bump that up a little bit. That's that's the coach's job. The program you get is a fraction of what it means to be a coach, giving programs. It's a programmer. Like, anybody can write down movements on the paper. Assess the person. Like, I had to watch your videos. Um, I read back on the text and listened to the voice messages you sent about some weak points and things like that. I watched your techniques. There's movements in there for a reason. You're a tall guy. You need a strong core and upper back to help you stay vertical. You need that. So we have movements in there, like front squats, um, to help with that kind of stuff. Um, You're going to need a lot of quad and hamstring work because you're still almost pushing down in your sumo deadlift exactly like a conventional puller. You don't spread the floor apart. It's going straight down. Granted, you're getting some results that way, but could be the reason why your hamstring's hurting. Make sense? Because yep, if you absolutely. externally rotate better, you're utilizing the hips and your quads more. If you're pressing straight yep. down and you're hinging, it's just your hamstrings. Yep. So. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I mean. I, I knew that was a problem. I mean, like I said, told you the only way, only workaround is for me to get, like, against the bar and drop down. Because if I like bring my hips up and really kind of try to uh, pull all the slack out of my upper back, it's just I can't can't open up and, and get yeah. close enough to the bar. So that might be some mobility work or some sort of like uh dynamic stretching you have to do on your rest days, on recovery days. Yeah. Something just yeah. to work that don't nothing hard, just to go slow with it. Yeah. 
right on, right on. Talk. Uh, don't spend much time. I know you got to go. Uh, Josh's uh, ruckus has dealt with anxiety, and you touched a little bit about it on this breathing method. What's yeah. this Wim Hof crazy sensei breathing you got going on? <clears throat> so, stress and anxiety, a lot of times, as humans, we tend to start cutting our breath short. I don't know the scientific principles behind all of it. I do know that the little bit I have read up on breathing techniques and things like that is when we start to get stressed, we shorten our breaths. We start getting anxious. We start, everything contracts faster. Our, our mind's mm-hmm. going faster. Our heart rate's going up. Um, like when I talk, I don't breathe very well. So yeah, I just, I get that way. It's anxiety. Um, I don't know what you would want to call it exactly. So about a year, two years ago, two years ago, I started focusing on my breathing every time I felt stressed, got anxious, or angry. I used to get really, really nervous, like almost in tears, scared of a squat. When I'd get close to 600 pounds, and I start thinking weird stuff like, my spine's not designed to have this much weight on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I get to thinking about some weird stuff. And I always tend to watch some quad snap video, you know, where somebody's hitting the hole and their quads pop smooth off the bone because they're doing something. I always tend to see those right, on, right around the time I'm peaking or getting ready for a meet. So I get really excited. I anxiety. cut you off, but I've seen that. We've seen that last meet as I was going for my – Second. See what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, it's like, ah, yeah. keep that stuff away from me. Yeah, y'all saw that guy. He he got hurt. Yeah. Yep. But no, I, I, uh, I've i always been very a very intense person. Not like aggressive in a manner, but just very intense to the point. So I focused on the inhale. Like It's like a seven-second inhale or four-second inhale or whatever it is, four-second hold. Exhale as long as you can. To keep it simple, to be honest, I don't believe it matters how long you breathe in, hold, and let out. But, like, really breathe in through your nose as much as you possibly can and try to fill your whole body with that breath, not just your diaphragm. Bring it all in. Feel it. Let yourself relax. Blow it out. And you'll see that you would even relax even more. I do that about a dozen times. And that has helped me. Um, breathing in general does help stress. Um, I'm not going to go and try to spit off the benefits of it. If you're curious about it, it's easy is a Google search. Just Google the benefits of it's like meditation. The benefits is not from sitting there thinking the benefits is sitting there thinking on your breathing. I mean, we sit in contemplation and think all the time. If there's benefits from it, we would be seeing that. I think about (laughs) stuff all the time. (laughs) But so the benefits are from the breathing, learning how to control your breathing in a high stress environment will improve your performance. My last meet, um, I dealt with some anxiety. I kept it together very well, but I focused on my breathing a lot the whole time. I was, I was very quiet to myself. Um, I did some talking, but I, Focus on my breathing, and it helped me, like, a lot. I just, I couldn't yeah. explain it. I did a lot of things right this last meet, and I want to continue doing that. 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I think it'll help. I think it'll help him. If he would, you know, Absolutely. during those situations, just practice it in his everyday. Because I'm, I'm sure work gets stressful. Um, he gets anxiety yeah. a little bit in training sometimes, I'm sure. But breathe it. Think about it. And just take your time with it. Anytime you go to do something, it's uncomfortable. Try implementing focusing on your breathing t- techniques. It, it, it'll yeah. be very beneficial. Awesome. Awesome. Well, bro, I don't want to keep you no longer. I know you got to get ready and, and yes, go, get going and we're going we're gonna to hop in a little Bible study probably for worship yeah. practice. Yeah, so. I, got a, I got a lesson to teach a teen class today. So I got to refresh on it. There you go. Send it to them. Be, be strict. Yeah, I'm very strict. I'm very, very strict. I tell them there is no in-between. It's right or wrong. It's that simple. That's right. And I get a lot of flack right. from that. Everything's not black and white in this world. It's like, that's no. not true. The Bible states what is wrong, right. what is right. There is no interpretation. Right. It's there. There's a line. Right. If you, As soon as you cross it, it's wrong. It doesn't matter yeah, the circumstance. Right. And that's the that's way right I am about everything. Yeah. That's what Pastor just talked about last week is is he's not looking to go out and tell you you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you ask his opinion, he's going to tell you what the Bible says. That's and right. That, you can't argue with that at that right. point. Yeah, and <laughs> see, and if people that don't believe the Bible is 100% correct, okay, you can believe that. But I know I'm right on that aspect. It's not an opinion at that fact. Right, right. And when the day yep. he comes, Absolutely. you're all going to be thinking, oh, man, we should have listened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, if I can touch on something real quick, um, yeah, people tend to like homosexuality and all that kind of stuff. I know this is a hard topic to even speak about. Like you was talking about pointing out people's wrongs. That's and I believe in that wholeheartedly. It's not our job as Christians to point the finger at people. It talks about that on judging. Make sure you have the beam out of your eye. Before you look yeah. at the moat in yep. their eye, <laughs> right? Make sure you're taking care of your sins before you even look at somebody else's sins. Now, once you've taken care right. of your sins and you've gotten right with God as best as your ability can, go to that person to talk with them. Don't criticize them. So, right. yep. if you know people, you know, we disagree with. Obviously, biblically, we disagree with it. Doesn't mean we don't love them still. Right. And I'm going to treat right. them with that just as much respect as anybody else. But we get a lot of hate. Well, Christians get a lot of hate because we yep. say that we disagree with it. And now there are Christians that yeah. do it the wrong way. And sometimes I'm right. even wrong about it. But if you ask us how we feel about it, don't be upset when we tell you what the Bible says. Just yeah. realize right. that the so Bible right. says this. This is not us. This is the Bible. <laughs> right. Yep. So Right. And it's important how we come to them. At yes. that. We got to come to them in love. Yes, very much so. And we got to do it with a lot of respect. Because they're right. just as much a human as we are. Just because they decide right. to live a different life than we do doesn't make them any less important to God. Right. Absolutely. Amen. And that's something that we've, even Justin and I are very in sync with a lot of things. And that's why I believe that we have got such a great relationship because we realize what it was like living in the world, him much more than me on certain aspects. But treating people with genuine real love is something I believe today's Christians have missed the mark on tremendously. Yeah. Like what no, love I'll really is. Yeah. 
<clears throat> just because we look different doesn't make we make us any better. Just because you know what I'm saying. So we have to be careful. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, y'all have any sign off or anything like that? Um, no. I'll, I'll just throw a out there. Um, I'm rocking the shirt again today. Uh, God the Father Apparel. Check it out. Uh, Dudes in Christ discount code if you want to save some money. And Zach, I believe you got a couple. Yes, sir. Uh, zero subs. What's, what's the stuff on that? Um, I'm a part of Subject Zero, which is a company owned by Tony Montgomery Jr. Uh, I always forget to, say, forget to say Junior, but the dude's phenomenal. He's extremely intelligent. Um, I had the privilege of meeting him fit, uh, in person not too long ago. I can't think or say enough good things about the guy and the company that he owns. So the supplements that they make or have made – isn't to drive sales at all. Um, he's on air said that, you know, what do we need to make to put in this product to make this the best product for the consumer for health wise. And they list the ingredients and they list the price of those ingredients. He goes, well, well I guess we're not making no money on this one. So that, if that tells you anything, he's not doing this to try to get rich. He's got his own business for that art to make all the money. He's tired of the supplement industry putting out junk and claiming it to be good. The objective for Subject Zero is to optimize human health and performance and not sacrificing ingredients for that. So if you are interested in saving some money buying their products, you can use FANT10, all caps, and then Cerberus. Um, Strength uh, USA. I started just recently become an ambassador for them. I love their knee sleeves. Absolutely love their knee sleeves. The knee wraps and wrist wraps that I just ordered from just came in. Their knee wraps feel really stiff, and I'm a, I like stiff wraps. Like they're gonna be they're stiffer than the yeah. heavies, the super heavies from Elite. They're they're stiffer Ooh. than them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I really like Unbreakable Gears um, Enforcers, and they were super stiff, and these are very comparable. So yep. I'm excited to see how they the hold up to it. I do. The companies are good company. It's targeted more towards uh, strongmen, but they're getting into the piloting world. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to jump on board on that. And it's a yeah. seems to be a well known company, and their products are good. And um, everybody that I know that has their has used their products really like them. So I figured I yeah. might as well. If I'm going to start buying their products more often. I might as well try to get on the on the, I guess the team and try to save some money and put it out there. So, so somebody else can save some money with it. Um, the, right. the code for that is FANT10 also all caps, cool. but that's, that's basically awesome. all I got, man. All right. Well, we'll sign off here, man. We appreciate you uh, yes, sir. coming and being with us. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate See it, bro. Y'all have a good one. See you, you too. Too.